Hey guys, welcome to the WellSaid Podcast. My name is Andre, and I'm a pastoral intern at Living Word Bible Church, where I'm responsible for youth and young adult ministries. I'm also a part-time student at the Southern Seminary. Every week, I'll be sitting down with my good friend Alexi, and we are going to be talking about both the beauty and the complexity of following Jesus in a post-Christian culture. Welcome back to part two of our conversation about the relationship between the church and the world. Today, we hit on some practical points on how we as Christians are supposed to draw the lines in our life in a secular culture. How do we decide what is right and wrong? Uh, As well as taking points of some misconceptions, some common mistakes that Christians make in their relationship to the culture. Welcome back, guys. It's been a couple of weeks. We have we literally, me and Alexi have not talked for like two weeks, and here we are just plopping down in the chair and going at it. So what's good, man? Talk to me. What's good? Taking time off to relax, rest, maybe a small vacation, maybe a small little road trip. It really benefits the soul. <laughs> yeah. You got you to gotta like bullet it at me. You got you to gotta summarize it. So <laughs> you actually stole mine, though. I just You're got kidding. back from a five-day cruise. And I'm just like rest and relaxation and fun. That's good because I think a lot of times we get driven, we get wound up in this crazy culture of productivity. Jackie Hill Perry on Twitter on Saturday says, take advantage of your Saturday. Go out to eat, read a book, have a conversation about nothing or everything, take a nap, then wake up and lay there. Whatever you do, do it freely. Don't allow the self-induced obligation of work to keep you from the gift of rest and leisure. That's a lot, but that's like, bam. I read that on vacation, and I was like, boom. God rested on the seventh day. I rested all week last week because I needed it, and I don't, I, I'm just, it's, it's wonderful. Yeah, uh, those, those moments when we can take time off are a blessing every you, single time. You got to do it. You're not a machine. You're a human, and uh, every night you go, back, you go down to sleep, it's a reminder. You're a finite human, and you're just laying there, losing consciousness, just laying there in bed, you know? Mm -hmm. So that's good, man. So let's dive back in. We are in part two, uh, the church and the culture. This is a loaded subject. We can keep talking about this for weeks, but, you know, we're going to cram in some conclusion points. If you were with us last uh, week, not last week, two weeks ago, we asked the question, what is the relationship between the, the church and the culture? And the basic thing that we hit on is... You have to understand the gospel. The gospel is the mission of the church. You're never going to understand the church's relationship to the world if you don't understand the mission of the church. After that, you start to understand all the other associating factors. And so we laid that fact down. And one thing that I pointed out last time is the gospel in the New Testament has two aspects of how it is explained the zoom lens gospel and the wide angle gospel and they're all the same story they're two sides of the same coin yeah zoom lens is the story of jesus life death and resurrection for your sins and his call to follow him believe in him and uh, be his disciple the wide angle gospel is the broader picture of christ and his kingdom taking over the world renewing all things and um taking back the creation that God has has created. So both are two sides of the same coin. And as yeah. Christians, we have to understand um, this mission 
before we can dive into controversial issues about can I watch that movie? <laughs> can I not watch that movie? Can I listen to that music? Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. And another simple way of looking at this, uh, I, I really love the question why. Little kids, I'm sure, ask that all the time. Well, why? Well, why? And that's the thing. When we're approaching the subject of church and the culture, well, can I do this? Can I do that? Well, can I watch this movie? Can I watch that show? Can I listen to this music? Can I go to a concert? Can I go to sporting events? You know, my grandpa, for him, it was wrong to go to play soccer outside. Mm -hmm. That was a sin, you know, and that's my wow. grandpa, you know. That's uh, hardcore. Things change. Things change, culture changes. But at the end of the day, we have to ask ourselves a question, well, why? Why do I want to do it? Why does the desire exist in my life? And why would I even do it? Right. And when you can answer those questions, I think you can actually come to some sort of maybe foundation that you can lay in your life. Right. I mean, the question is why? Yeah, why? Yeah. Literally with anything. And I think, here's the thing. When you don't have a clear sense of the mission of the gospel, Christians and Christian churches, when they don't have a clear sense of what is the mission of the gospel for us, what, how does the message of Christ, how does the message of the whole Bible, creation, fall, redemption, restoration, how does the good news of the kingdom of God completely reshape our whole mission. And I think, again, in all of these questions about are Christians allowed to watch these kind of movies or those kind of TV shows or listen to that kind of music, is Taylor Swift sinful? Um, when, when, people, when people don't have a clear sense of the mission of the gospel, when you don't know why you live as a Christian, you will start t arguing about stupid rules. You will start making rules. You will start making regulations. That is what Christians, that is what human beings do. When Christians don't have a clear sense of that purpose, we start creating our own version of religion. And I think, I think it was Jordan Peterson recently who said, the toughest and scariest questions to ask are the simple ones. The simple ones, you know? Do, do we... And, and I think for me, and as I've, I've been thinking through stuff in our church, even as practical questions, changes in our church, the scariest and simplest question is, do you understand the message of Christ? And does it seep down into your bones, into your everyday purpose? Can you connect your existence, your daily existence, to the reality of Jesus on the throne today building his kingdom yep your desires your money your time everything yeah because he is lord of all so most christians don't we don't think about the gospel in that sense we don't think about the gospel in that kind of radical comprehensive sense but jesus said take up your cross and follow me that i mean your whole life is mine if you want to be my disciple think about it if before you want to join me and I, when we're talking about culture that's you know that's the issue yeah, because like you just said, your whole life is mine if you decide to follow me. What is what what stands behind it? How do movies play into that? How does music play into that? And kind of to maybe segue a little bit into it, the next part is I think at the root of all of these desires of let's say watching a show, watching a movie, listening to music, maybe going out for a drink in a bar. The found ooh. the desire ooh the desire is <clears throat> pleasure. All of these things are there because we want to derive pleasure from there. 
let's say not a hundred percent, maybe once in a while, someone will do one of those things to connect with someone. Right. Mm -hmm. But most of the time we're doing that because we want to derive pleasure from it. Mm -hmm. And let me ask you this. So as a Christian who consciously wants to be a disciple of Christ, wants to give up his life, carry the cross, can you be a part of it? And if you can, where do you draw the line? How do you approach that? Because mm -hmm. it still exists around us. Or should we, like our grandparents did, say no to everything, close off, build the high walls, and we are not of this world. We are not to love the world. Right. How yep. do we approach it? Yeah, that's perfect. And, well, see, here's the thing. Um, I cannot judge our grandparents' culture. I wasn't there. Yeah. Right? But when you look at today, you look at churches today and Christian people today, um, when, when you have this mentality that um, we will keep, we will protect ourselves inside our little church culture, we will protect ourselves from the culture around. When you have that um, mindset, you are showing that the, you, you have failed to understand that the world in John, John chapter 1, when he says, do not love the world, the world is not the physical world as much as it is the sinful system of values, right? So yeah. the world that the Bible tells you is at odds with you, is not the physical system. You're not, you're not against sunsets and mountains and trees. You are against the sinful system of values that dominates the culture around you. So when you understand that it's the sinful system, it's not the physical existence that changes the way you see things. Many churches who uh, think that they are protecting themselves from the sinful world around them, by building walls and not interacting, what they end up doing is creating a sinful system inside the church. Yeah. A little bubble of sin and hypocrisy and pride and religion. Uh, because, as they are, because they're not interacting with the world and they're not constantly challenged as Christians to think, what is a Christian? What is a Christian? You know? Yeah. We are the holy huddle in here and, and, and we're so good and they're so bad. And that actually creates an atmosphere for um, more of the world, mm -hmm. not holiness, you know. Um, so, and here's the other thing. When we say that we are going to, quote, avoid the culture, right? We're going to avoid the culture, the music, the movies, the media, the news, or, or just the, the things of that world, the shiny things that we're not allowed to. We are ignoring or we're showing that we're ignorant of the idea of culture. So think about culture. What is culture? As a human being, you are a participator of the culture immediately if you live in, in a city, in yep. a town. Like you live in this apartment complex, you are part of the culture of this apartment complex, whether you like it or not. Yep. There is no way that you can separate yourself. To be human, to be among other humans, is to be part of the culture. You are part of it. You cannot separate yourself unless you go out in the mountains and build a cabin and not talk to people. So, we are always part of the culture. Therefore, we are always building culture. You and I are always building culture. Baptist churches, or I, I don't mean to blast Baptist, mm -hmm. or whatever. Fundamentalist churches who wall themselves off and say that everything outside of us is evil. They are part of the culture of their town creating this religious system, separating themselves physically from the yeah. sinners outside. So we are part of the culture. And so what that, and, and, and so what that, what happens then when you don't understand that, when you wall yourself off, you don't understand how culture works. You don't understand that you're part of the culture around you. Your job is to be a wise Christian and to shape culture. 
to speak truth into the fallen world, right? When you don't understand that and you don't grow in that wisdom, you don't partake, you don't speak truth to the world around you, you don't listen carefully, what happens is you, you're not very good at it. Yep. You become a bad, ignorant builder of culture. Yeah. And what happens? This is why some of the worst kids come out of some of the strictest, strictest families and churches. Yeah. So what, but what exactly, ha that's what I was going to ask. So in the churches, when they build, when the church builds, builds a high wall or families, very conservative, very strict, what happens? What triggers people to pretty much go against everything that you're taught not to do, so mm -hmm. to speak? What is it in human being that triggers you to do that? What is it that triggers, like you're saying, uh, young people to rebel against yeah. their tradition? Because eventually, because of so many laws, so mm -hmm. many high walls, they they are eager to get out of it because yep. they exist. Right. So is that just part of being human? Well, I think part of it is, you know, Apostle Paul says in in Romans, I think in chapter 4 or 5, where he's talking about the very nature of law, when there's law <laughs> and sinful attitude, your sinful attitude responds to law with a desire to break it. Um, because to be a human sinner is to be, in a sense, to desire to be your own little God. So if yeah. there are rules, you're going to want to break them, yeah. right? So the gospel is not just rules. The gospel is life. Yeah. The gospel, it offers you a path. Jesus says, follow me. So um, what happens, though, when we create this little subculture of Christianity within Christian homes and Christian homeschools and Christian churches and Sunday schools, and and there's this attitude that we are holier than, the, than them. I mean, we are better somehow that... Everything outside of us is automatically uh, defiled and everything inside us is automatically um, holy. Mm -hmm. What happens there is you, because you are not always challenged to, um, to think wisely about what is good and what is bad, uh, what is wise and what is foolish, because you're not on your toes all the time, like Paul was in, in Acts mm -hmm. chapter 17, among the pagans, listening, keeping an open ear, listening to their conversations about the idols, looking at their idol statues, listening and weighing that and, and mingling and, th and then saying, wait, wait, guys, no, this is not true. Jesus is Lord. And he, he breaks out with the gospel. Yeah. So when you're in the world and you're constantly in this tension as a Christian, you're always sharpening yourself in wisdom. Now, if you try to segregate, segregate yourself, um, you are not living in that tension. You live in a sort of holy um, culture that deems everything inside safe. And your, your discernment, your understanding of the gospel is blunted. So, at, so you're not able to learn to live freely for the gospel. And that's why young people who are lit, they're just, all they know is rules. They don't know gospel freedom, you know? And, yeah. and then they try to break out of it and think that out there is freedom. But then when they go break all the rules, they're just as broken because they realize freedom is not out there. It's not in here. Freedom is in Jesus and yeah. in the gospel. Yeah. And a church culture that models that attitude, that we have the gospel, yes, we are, we are saints in Jesus. But also we are called to live in the world, to be part of the culture, and to speak truth. That kind of church attitude always challenges everybody you know like in our church i see this uh we're we're a little church we're, we're new and because it's new and because it's little there's a there's a lot of empty seats that challenges people it makes them ask the question um what is the church 
Yep. Why, why are we here? What are we doing with the gospel? Are we taking it? Are we speaking it? Are we giving it to the world or not? You know, when you do that, you're, you're going to find that that's complicated. And as you work through that complication, as you pray, as you try to be a disciple of Jesus, you're going to, you grow, you know, yep. naturally. And you don't have that growth if you build big walls and sit inside and have your little holy huddle. Yeah. There are two things that uh, quickly popped to mind. Let me make a quick comment. When there was this young man that came to Christ and, uh, shall wait, scratch that. So when Jesus was asked, what are, what's the commandment? He said, love God and love neighbor. Right. He didn't say, don't do A, B, and C. He gave him action tools, actions. Right. It wasn't, hey, the walls separate yourself. It was love God and love neighbor. Neighbors, literally, whoever's right by you. Right. Right. So it looks like majority of the churches that we are talking about or a lot of Slavic churches have fallen into this going back from the grace into the law of assuming that would save them. Mm-hmm. I'm wondering if that's too big of a shot, though, there. <laughs> it's a broad brush stroke. You know, no? different churches okay. are different. But, but yeah, when you're talking about um, strict traditionalism and, um, you know, that that's basically what happens. Yeah. We we narrow down the gospel. Like like I said earlier, we focus on the zoom lens gospel. Jesus and the cross and us. Yeah. And that's it. Now, what is we and, and so what happens when we forget the wide angle gospel? This is so this is the next issue, right? Because when you overfocus on the narrow uh, specific sense of the gospel that me and my salvation and my soul in heaven and hell, end of story. Um, you forget the fact that what's the whole point of this? Well, the whole point is that Jesus is Lord of the universe and that he is making all things new. He's coming back to take what is his and he is going to cause recreation. He's going to cause a new creation, right? Yeah. So you forget that. Why is that important? Well, here's a thought experiment. Uh, and I thought this was kind of interesting I, I, as I was prepping this. Pretend that every non-christian person in your city in our city here in bellingham every single non-christian person disappeared you know we have these stories of of the (laughs) apocalypse of left behind well here's the reverse left behind right so pretend only the christians are left behind now the christian so so here we are christians left behind to tend to the cities what would happen i wonder what would happen to the schools, the colleges, the universities, the coffee shops, the art galleries, the theaters, the music Ooh. houses, the restaurants, the museums, the historic attractions, the government buildings. Okay, that's that's a big yeah, list. That's a huge What would deal. happen to all those things? Yeah. Now, many Christians that list uh, you can you can rewind you got a little fat rewind button on your that list basically captures all of downtown so so check this out all the christians are left behind to take care of the world we get to freely worship jesus follow him and build the cities now would would any would, would most christians have absolutely no idea how to do all that stuff for the glory of Jesus. Isn't he Lord of everything? Isn't he Lord over the music and the art and 
the restaurants yep. and the governments and everything. He's lord yep. of everything. So yep. so we would have to like take over, right? We'd have to go in there and just pick up. But would we know how to do that to the glory of Christ? Yep. Because if we have been so narrow, all we, we have basically limited our Christianity down to this. Me, my soul, and heaven and hell. But that is not the whole gospel. Yep. That is not. That's just not the whole gospel. The whole gospel is Jesus and his kingdom and the whole universe, all of creation. Yep. He Physical invented, world. Yeah, he Physical invented world. cities. He invented art. Look at the sunset. He invented everything. Yep. So, as a disciple of Jesus in this world, now, the, the next question. Well, then we would have to be, you know, faithful in all those areas, right? If we would, if all the non-Christians disappeared, right? Okay, but is he not making his kingdom... Is he not building his kingdom now? So why are we living as if he isn't? Why are we living as if he doesn't care about what's art happening now and coffee shops and theaters and music uh, yeah. and museums yeah. and education? He cares about all that stuff. Mm -hmm. Are it, you giving glory to Jesus in all those areas? Yeah. Most churches aren't. And you know, just quickly to add, if some of our listeners thinks this think this is not a reality right now in Spokane, there are huge protests happening with public schools because of the Planned Parenthood agenda to teach sex ed in schools. Wow. Mm -hmm. It's a big outcry, tons of meetings. A lot of Slavics go there, and I applaud that. I think it's a great thing. But where were we 25 years ago when we started coming here and no one wanted to go to college to become a teacher, become part of those mm -hmm. uh, school, public schools, become principals, drive it, Mm -hmm. be in the driver's seat mm -hmm. you know no we weren't there why yeah. you know and and the, and what you're talking about it's a reality it's happening right now yeah you know it, it's already behind yeah yeah so if your gospel is not driving you to love your neighbor to have dinner with your neighbor to barbecue with your neighbor if your gospel is not driving you to do your very best in your career field if your gospel yeah. is not inspiring you to make a good art to take part in art to take, to learn, to, to be creative, to understand the world around you as if it all belongs to Jesus. Your gospel is fake. It's incomplete. You know? Yeah. If you, if you, um, and again, this is, comes back to the first point we made earlier. Um, it's the mission of the church. If, if you understand the mission of the church, you will want to be part. You will not be, Paul did not hide in his hotel. He went out into the market and he listened to the pagans and their worship. He, he mingled for a couple of days before he opened his mouth. He couldn't, he couldn't sit there um, by himself. So um, what are we not allowed to do? You know, a couple of quick bullet points before we close down. Um, if you love Jesus and you're carrying his message to the world, you will hate sin. You know, in our world, a big part of that is sexuality, just total sexual perversion you're not going to be able to rejoice in that. You're not going to be able to watch shows that are full of total sexuality. You know, you're not going to embrace and celebrate sin. You're going to be able to take part and, and see good art, good storytelling, movies, music. You're going to be able to say, wow, that's really well done, creative, tells a good story. But you're also going to always point to, but this is where they go wrong. This is where yep. they need Jesus. So... The guiding pole, the guiding foundation of our, the church's engagement with the culture is the gospel. If you are, if you have a clear sense and vision in your life of how the gospel informs your purpose, 
you will be able to, to, to navigate these questions. And when you find that you disagree with other Christians about certain issues, you're not gonna you're not gonna die on, you're not gonna die over it because you're gonna realize we're both on the same mission. We have disagreements, but some you know how some Christians will just get in wars over rules. Why are we why are we fighting over rules? Because we forgot our mission. Yep. You know. Absolutely. And at the end of the day, when we're looking at this question, you have to look at the gospel. You have to look at why. What am I doing? What am I trying to accomplish at the end of the day? Mm -hmm. Because if you're not trying to accomplish what Christ has called individually each person to do, what are you doing? Yeah. Why are you even trying to live by these rules? I mean, yeah. just go and live your life to your pleasures. Why, why, why do it halfway? Yeah. Why do it halfway? Yeah. And I think... Um, you know, we can, we can bend it in the other direction too. Um, a lot of young people are like, oh, screw this tradition, screw the rules. We're going to just live for Jesus and love everybody and feed the poor and feed the hungry or whatever. Like just basically live a life of love very explicitly in the cities and become this like social, uh, there's a lot of social justice, mm -hmm. you know, so. Um, What's wrong with that? Again, there's nothing, Jesus loves justice, but if you forget Jesus, then justice isn't just anymore. That's you know true. what is justice? If if you think that it's more important to feed the hungry and to clothe the poor than it is to tell people about eternal salvation, you you lost. Ooh, again, man. see. So again, it comes back to this: if you want to feed hungry people, that's wonderful. And as you are feeding them, you're you're doing it for the purpose of proclaiming the Savior, because He can save their bodies. You know. So again, as we re react, the only way you're going to react properly. Is if you know the gospel deep down in your bones. Yep. All right. As we're wrapping up this episode, what are your recommends? Oh, I recommend Princess Cruises. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't pay me to say that. It's they didn't great. Pay you to if say you guys that. are looking for a good cruise line, some good deals there. Oh man, it was just so refreshing this past week. We mm -hmm. went. It was nice. Also, I recommend Jackie Hill Perry's new album, Crescendo. Jackie Hill Perry. Check her out. Check her music out. Amazing stuff. Okay. My recommend today is if you like music, get Apple Music and get five people on your family plan. You're going to pay $15 for five people on your plan, $3 per person. Dang, it's that's a deal. Amazing. Life hack. Yeah. Boom. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you guys for listening. Send us thoughts. Let us know what you think. Contact us at well-said.org um, or find us on Facebook on the Facebook page at Well Said Words. If you like this episode, if this was interesting, please share it with a friend. Also, please leave us feedback on iTunes. That's a huge deal. I know it's a pain in the butt, but it helps us really spread the message and keep these conversations going. 